स्पोर्ट्स इज इन जस्ट अबाउट अ गेम इट इज अबाउट सो मच मोर इट इज अबाउट लर्निंग हाउ टू विन एंड मोर इम्पॉर्टेंटली हाउ टू लूज इट इज अबाउट हाउ टू डील विद फेलियर्स एंड हाउ टू परफॉर्म अंडर प्रेशर टेक अकाउंटेबिलिटी एंड ट्रेन इन योर ईगो माई गेस्ट टूडे इज रोहित चिन्ना मनेनी the co-founder of Dabin Box a newly minted unicorn from Hyderabad tennis player while growing up he played at the state and national level and had peers like Vishnu Vardhan and Sanya Mirza this is your host Malini Goyal and in this episode of After Hours with India Inc Rohit of Dabin Box talks to me about the importance of sports in our lives and how it has prepared him well for the rough and tumble in the startup world as an entrepreneur hi rohit welcome to the show lovely to have you hi malin thank you for having me first of all congratulations rohit the darwin box has just turned unicorn the first one i guess from hyderabad it'll probably be the third one from hyderabad actually there are other two which is high radius and zenoti both of which are saas companies incidentally which have been unicorns for a while now actually but yeah i think focused on asia continuing to be in india maybe will be the first like if you if you qualify it like that yes maybe will be the first so you know in in the media and everyone kind of celebrates uh, this unicorn status uh, does it mean anything special to you this threshold i think it's a milestone uh, malini I, i wouldn't say there is anything different we would do in terms of business it is fantastic for the employees energy it is fantastic for attracting talent but beyond that i think in a day to day business sense i think as we continue to do what we are doing that's what matters for our customers and that's what is priority for us you know uh, rohit we'll talk about your entrepreneurial journey and of course about your startup what it does and journey so far but there is something else that i wanted us to focus about uh, your journey actually in the sports world and you played national you played state and i know in the last conversation that we have had we discussed you know the role that sports plays outside the sports field especially now in the startup world what have you learned there so we'll go there and talk a bit about that but maybe help us get started tell us a bit about darwin box what does it do and the journey so far for you absolutely malli so darwin box is an end to end hr technology platform it helps automate the entire employee life cycle for example recruitment onboarding payroll performance management engagement exit learning so the entire spectrum of interaction between the organization and the employee especially on the hr front we automate so that's what we do we do this for enterprises so mid and large enterprises in asia predominantly users so far we started darwin box in 2015 i started it with two other co-founders friends jayant and chaitanya all three of us used to work with large enterprises i was at mckinsey both of them were at ey this is a gap that we saw in terms of not having great technology for hr which is a fundamental system of record for any organization and this is one system everybody in the organization uses ceo to the last intern who's joined the organization and that's where the idea came from over the last 6 years uh, we've had a good run we have more than 650 customers and about 1.5 million users across these 650 customers 
who use Davinbox day in and day out for their HR needs. Also been uh, lucky to be backed by some good investors like Sequoia, Lightspeed, Salesforce, and recently TCB. We have presence in about 12 countries in terms of offices and looking to expand beyond as well. So that's been the journey uh, so far, Malni. I think a long way to go because when we started off, we wanted to be number one in Asia. Uh, now we do want to expand to beyond Asia as well. So there are parts we are just getting started on. So that's uh, quite exciting in itself. That's great, uh, Rohit. Do you want to take us back to your growing up years, Rohit? How did you begin to play? And you played tennis, right? Some of the peers that you had were Sanya Mirza, Vishnu Vardhan in Hyderabad. So take us back to the years when you were playing tennis. How did it all begin? And some sense of the journey that you had with tennis. So I was born and brought up in uh, Hyderabad, Malani. And interestingly enough, Hyderabad always had a good sporting culture. There are quite a few clubs, sports and stadium and grounds that are there where a lot of people play sports. And at least while growing up, while I was a very young child, I used to see my father play badminton. So every day morning, 5 a.m., day in and day out, it was like a religious thing that he used to do. We had a club in the society where they had all these courts. So I used to go along with him whenever possible, watch him play, etc. And the same club had tennis courts as well. Probably as a kid, I had fascination for tennis because, I mean, I think it is more natural to hit around a ball than a shuttle at any point of time. And probably that's what uh, brought me to tennis. But I was quite excited looking at kids there play tennis or adults play tennis and uh, took a liking for it. Of course, my father encouraged it because he's somebody who enjoys sports, who's played sports as well. Not at a very professional level, but he's been playing for a long time. So got into tennis coaching and I did this when I was eight years old. So that's when I took up tennis as a sport. And of course, the initial days, you would hate coaching, right? Because most of the time you're basically made to run around, right? Like not play like real games. You're just asked to master one technique after another, whether it is a forehand or a backhand or a serve, etc. But once I started playing the sport in terms of playing matches, and started playing circuits, I took a very uh, huge liking for it. Like, I used to love going and playing, like taking on matches with people. I used to go around other courts in the city as well to ask people to play with me. And slowly I started enjoying that phase of tennis. So every day post-school was tennis for me, right? And I didn't know world beyond tennis after school, right? Like come back from tennis and sleep. There is nothing else that happened during the day for me other than going to school, coming back and playing tennis. And slowly, obviously, they saw the interest in me, my coaches and my parents, and they said, why don't you start playing in the tournaments, right? And you start off very, very uh, locally. You start playing club tournaments, then you go into state-level tournaments, and you start playing under-10s and under-12s at that stage. And then you go, and once you start doing well there, and I was doing decently well in the AP circuit, I think there was a lot of good players coming coming from the AP circuit because they are very good coaching ecosystems, right? The multiple uh, coaches were very renowned in Hyderabad at that point of time and the multiple good players. So automatically the level of game increased, right? Because your peers were doing really well. So if you take the top 50 in India, you would have like 10 to 15 people from AP. I was lucky to be exposed to that very early on. And slowly from there on, moved into nationals, played for my school in inter-school competitions. I did this till I was 15, 16. So under 16 was the last I, I played. But the good eight years were like a predominant part of my life was tennis, along with what I was doing at school. So that's been broadly the journey. Of course, I did play tennis after that as well. Like I represented my college, undergrad and MBA and all of that, but not at to the level or intensity that I did till I was 15. So Rohit, when you were in school and playing, you know what you said, you didn't know the word outside of tennis. What about 
parents, you know, were your parents very encouraging about tennis? Did your studies suffer? What was the trade-off because you were investing so much time in tennis? And what was the end game? Did you want to become a tennis player? What were you aspiring for at that point of time? Honestly, at that point of time, only it was just about the joy of playing, right? Like, obviously, day in and day out, you want to compete and win. But it never had like an end goal, uh, right? And which is probably why I didn't take it up professionally. But the the trade-off was I didn't know beyond school and tennis, right? And and the trade-offs were, for example, till I got into 10th class, I didn't know what IIT was, right? Or I didn't know what choices to make as an engineer or a doctor. or Like there were a lot of my school friends and peers who, who started taking up, right? Like understanding pre-IIT entrance coachings and all in their 8th, 9th standards, etc. I knew what they were doing, but I didn't have a good sense of what that meant, right? Like, oh, IIT is great, right? Like, I mean, what a good engineer does or what a good doctor does or what a good lawyer does and what are my strengths. So a lot of that reflection never happened for me, uh, right? On what I want to do in life, etc. So that was a big trade-off. Luckily, my parents were completely okay. One good thing, uh, Malni, was I did decent with grades, right? Like throughout my tenure in school, I was decent with grades. So that uh, was never a worry, right? It was not a situation where it was like either or and like if I don't do this, I'll failure and I'll only do tennis or versus if I do too much of school, my tennis was suffering, right? So at least I was able to do decently well in both, which helped a lot because then the worry reduced, right? Like at home, at least the worry reduced on what will become of him kind of a situation never happened. So that was the big trade-off that was happening. Otherwise, I think, right, like I did enjoy the fact that I was fit to play other sports as well, right? Even at school, I used to play like cricket, volleyball, football, etc. Because generally athletic, I was because of all the coaching I was going through in tennis. So that obviously was something I used to enjoy at school as well. Within subjects, I did take a natural liking for a science or a math myself. I was, I was good at math and science in general. Uh, I grew up on stories. So history, etc. was also something I loved. So some of those came naturally. Of course, languages, etc. I was not very good at. All that was <laughs> something which it used to take a lot of effort for me to do well in those. But math, science, history were something that I enjoyed. So it didn't take as much effort probably for me to do well at. Tennis, of course, was very natural, right? Like I, I, I probably would be waiting to get out of school so that I can go to tennis. So that used to be my mindset every day. So Roy, I wanted to ask you something. So you know what you mentioned that all your friends were thinking of IIT, preparing for it coaching, etc. You've had no idea. Now, when you look back, do you think it was the wrong way of approaching your career? And, you know, many parents would actually say, why are you wasting your time on tennis? You should have focused on this. Looking back, how do you think that strategy or that approach was to study and to life a young boy like you? I think it was fine, Malni. So, like, I think it's, it's too much hindsight and I probably won't be able to connect it perfectly. But one thing I can definitely say is I've always done well when I was doing two, three things. Even in college, when I used to organize fests, etc. were the times when I did very well in education as well. Probably when I time capsule things, I do things better. So at least in terms of energies during the day or during a time period, I was better off doing multiple things than doing only one thing. So I probably I get bored too easily on those things. So that was one part. The other part, I, I would definitely say I did get lucky in some parts where I figured it out even later. But there is some need, at least towards the later half of your high school, which is your 8th, 9th, 10th, to know what you want to do. Because the problem that ends up with most kids who don't think about it, Malni, is once you get into the 11th, 12th and college, it's very difficult to change streams 
streams at least in india like i've i've not seen too many people change streams and once you end up hating something you're just sticking with it forever it's a post thing that are i can't change this after this point of time so maybe just let's go on with this kind of a situation is what i see i didn't end up there luckily because probably it just made sense because i i was doing well in math that i had to do engineering and i did enjoy engineering as well eventually because a lot of it was math again but in hindsight i should have thought a little more about what i wanted to do in life and towards the later part of high school i don't think we can make such big choices by when you are in eighth class or so those will be too much right like i think that is overdose of <laughs> practicality but like i think beyond that when you are in the ninth tenth i think just having a sense of which direction if not for what is the end goal might have put me in a better stead in general i got lucky because uh, probably i didn't want to do medicine and like like a telugu kid didn't have a choice beyond engineering and medical at least at that point of time right so uh, definitely knew i didn't want to do medical because i didn't i'd never enjoyed biology so probably that made the decision easier but even the number of choices that you have today if i look at today's kids in the number of career choices etc i think being more mindful about what you're taking up might be better Rohit, I wanted us to talk a bit about the role of sports in our life and what it teaches us. Uh, I remember reading a piece that recently Gopichand Pulela also wrote about that you know what sports teaches you not just on the sports ground, right? About winning, etc. But it teaches you so much more about dealing with failures, dealing with stress, managing so many other variables in your life while at the game. I want you to talk a bit about that. what did sports teach you having played at the state level at the national level how do you relate to what pulela sort of talked about importance of sports outside of the sports world because many of us don't realize it rohit so maybe you could take us back to some of the times some of the lessons that sports world and playing tennis taught you at that point of time how you kind of use it in your journey as an entrepreneur while nurturing darwin box or even in your corporate career Absolutely Malini I think the the biggest one is what Gopi said right I think the whole idea of being okay with losing or failing comes very naturally in sport because if you like take academics there is always like a continuum right like you get first rank second rank third rank some some percentage is about failing but it is it's about okay day in and day out in sport at least you are either put on this side of the winning and losing equation and dealing with that and still continuing to be excited because there is also progress that is happening right like at least when you see the circuit you know while you lose like i have lost a ton of times to vishnuvardhan in tournaments he was he was top seeded in india but every time i've lost i've learned something better to do better with this game i learned something new which i can do better in the next game i wouldn't have learned that just by observing it fully i wouldn't have been in a position to want to win with him if i didn't lose right so i think there is the part where it teaches you losing is okay and there are things you can learn out of losing i mean it's still a great game and there is a ton of good shots that you can be proud of and you've also learned few new things in that game that you can use later right do you want to remember a defeat devastating loss that you faced and you came back and you thought it was so terrible and yet you learned to cope with it do you want to take us to one of those losses a devastating loss at that point of time 
Absolutely, Mali. So I think one of the early tournaments in the AP circuit, I had made it to semifinals. And it was the first time I made it to semifinals in a tournament. This is probably under 10 or under 12. And obviously four rounds after winning that, winning quarters. Uh, and it, it had come in the newspaper. So there was a lot of excitement about getting to semifinals, right? And of course, uh, my parents who have not seen me in semifinals coming in the newspaper, they had called like a few relatives as well for that match. And it ended up being against Vishnu. Vishnu was the top seed, obviously won all the tournaments before that. This is the first time... I was playing him at that level, right? Like there are times when I had lost to him before, but automatically when you come to semis, you start giving a little more value to yourself saying, okay, I've come to semis, but means my game is so good, right? I'm in the top four. So I'm as close to Vishnu as possible now and I'll, I'll win. And this is the first time when I had my parents and like few uncles and aunts come to watch the match and it was a dropping, right? Like basically... The match is supposed to start at around 4 o'clock. Generally, these games last for 2 hours or so. So, they had planned for the 2 hours and they had come down. 45 minutes straight, I was beaten 6-love, six 6-1 six or something like that. And this was probably when I was 10, I think. And if you think about that situation, it was basically... I was more worried about what people were thinking. Obviously, it was devastating. I never had a situation where I was being observed till then about what I was doing. I used to go play, come back, tell the outcome, then that's it, right? Move on. But this this was people watching my game and I was made to look terrible. Like it was, I mean, uh, I still have memories of that scoreboard and it was, it was very uh, devastating, right? Like I remember coming back home and saying, I won't play tennis anymore. It was that. Uh, and then you get enough gyan from parents, etc. And saying, okay, this is part of life and like move on, etc. And, and you know, those uncles, aunts are also coming and telling you well played, but you really didn't play well. Probably that was a good game still, but I mean, Vishnu at that point of time was very, very good. It was really, really good. So while I probably played a lot of good shots, etc., I was not believing with the scoreboard, right? Like it never matched, right? Six love, six one is like drubbing. Right? And when you think about a two-hour game, you prepare for it and all, you get like a you get a banana and a water bottle which you don't finish by the time the match gets over, right? Like so it's like that. That I think was terrible. But the next day, once I came back from school, I didn't know any better, right? Like I, I did want to go back to the court. Obviously, you assume that everybody in the world is worried about you or knows this score and like folks everywhere and I'll be made fun of and all of that, right? Nobody cared actually, right? Like I just went to back to the court, started playing again and things moved on. So I think it was like a very hard lesson in terms of saying, okay, life goes on. Everybody is not observing you. Two, three instances like this, where this has happened at different, different levels, where you think you've arrived and then suddenly somebody shows your place and then, okay, you know, okay, go back to the drawing board, right? Your fitness has to be better. Your forehand has to be better. Your backhand has to be better. So the coach again comes back and tells you, hey, uh, actually in this game, your forehand was very good, but your serve could have been better. Then you think, oh, maybe I have to focus on serve. So obviously there is so much to learn from a game, even when you lose, that it's amazing how real that is when you come to the startup world, right? Like we, we spoke about this uh, in the past as well. When you're very early on competing with the likes of SAPs, Oracles, who are our competitors today, who have very, very strong products, established products, and you're in front of a customer where they say, hey, they have these 10 features, it's super stable and all of that. And you know you don't stand a chance, right? But you know what's working, what's not working in that pitch. So there's a lot to take away from from every pitch right in a bake-off in terms of a sale in a b2b context and you you lose enough right like in especially in b2b sales you know day in and day out each deal is important and losing a deal is terrible because the sales team puts like six months into the deal maps everyone out makes a lot of presentations etc and then you'll have to get up again and go to the next deal tomorrow after that happens is something that sports teaches you tremendously well it's very natural there are two three other things which come back to mind in terms of tennis itself Tennis, interestingly, just like other racket sports, there is no set boundary for the game, right? So when you start off a game, 
it can be a 45 minute game it can be a 2 hour game it can be a 6 hour game or it can be like i, I think the long, longest was 28 hours or something which happened at a wimbledon because at any point of time anybody can come back into the game cricket might have a situation where you have to score like 40 runs from six balls even there you can win maybe 70 runs from six balls and it is mostly unlikely right like football might be your your down eight love and there are only five minutes left very unlikely to win but in tennis when you're six love down or five love down and you're 40 love down there are people who won back from there so there is always an opportunity in a sport like tennis or a badminton etc for coming back into a game and that teaches you a lot right because that part where you can hang by the thinnest of thread and pull your way back up into the game and actually win it is something that gives you hope throughout right like it gives you hope on persistence i've seen folks like nadal or djokovic 3 hours into the game two sets down 5-3 down match point down or a championship point down have turned around the game and won the game as well so completely disregarding the first two hours of the game where you were one-sidedly on the losing side and turning that around and playing a better game in the second half climbing back from there and still winning because at the end you are winning you might have played like three hours of bad tennis but two hours of good tennis and you still can win is something that is tremendous help in terms of just thinking through your journey you don't know when momentum up and this can happen in a startup or an organization as well and momentum is a big force especially in startups right like if you get momentum that's nothing like right and you define it as product market fit in some cases you you define it as go to market fit but at the end of the day it is momentum right it is working and it will take people along right like you'll hire the best of folks like that people will join you funding comes like that and all of that right and sometimes to get to that momentum might be a six month journey to a six year journey but it doesn't mean you've lost Right. And in a sport like tennis, that is something that is so clear where, I mean, there are people who were losing, turned it around fully and then momentum picks up and momentum is so much on your side that you actually make it look very easy to win beyond that point. Rohit, um, I wanted to dwell a bit upon the point that you were making, you know, keeping hope, being persistent, hanging by the thread. You know, many times we are not able to do that and probably sports taught you. So I wanted to go back to the time when you were playing that game with Vishnu and he was a better player, better position, higher rank. And just to take on that guy in a semi-final, you know, the mental state that you have to be in. And you have to give it your best, knowing fully well that the other guy is better placed than you. And it happens so often in the business world that you are speaking about. So one, how do you prepare yourself mentally to give your best despite the odds stacked against you? And then maybe in your startup journey, did you have a situation like that? Where the odds were so stacked up against you, it was easy to lose hope. But you still persisted. And then you saw that momentum pick up. And maybe you won that order or contract or the client. Absolutely. If you think about uh, the tennis journey, right? Like, for example, the semifinal that you're talking about as well, Malini, the game is probably two days away. What you do in these two days is very influenced by what your mental state is. It is playing on your mind, right? Like, there is no two ways about it. On Saturday at 4 p.m., this match is there. It's a semifinal. You're being a part of semifinal. You're taking on the, the national number one player, all of that, right? It's playing on. You can either train. All right, so that's one option. You you train very hard, etc. You can just be stressed and mentally keep playing that game in your head, or you can just carry on with your day-to-day work and be as normal as you can. So these are all choices that present themselves. Of course, it takes some time of 
getting used to these kind of stress situations for you to be at least training or being normal otherwise the first few times that i had a match like you had butterflies in the stomach for two days i wanted to sleep early because i just want, didn't want to think about it so i think there is a lot of mental exercise that happens prior to getting on to these kind of situations and the calmer you can be and probably that also you learn over time the more comfortable you are in a game and that's something that i learned playing day in and day out and if i have to draw back to something in davin box when we started off we said a lot of things which were not the norm at that point of this was 2015 right so one they said hey, we're building an enterprise saas product right and they were like oh no enterprise already has a lot of large players sap's and oracles and work days why do you want to take on them the day is basically advisors well wishers investors and then there was this whole idea of we wanted to do this for asia and nobody had built a saas product for asia at that point of time everybody was building for the us so everybody said hey uh, why are you doing this for asia money is not too much you won't get margins market might open up not open up then we said we'll start off in hyderabad right and everybody said hey this is not where you get the best of talent you need to be in bangalore or in ncr so a lot of things we heard in the process of starting which we said no we believe that we will do better etc but the biggest hit manani was me jayant used to spend a lot of time in sales at that point of time there was a lot of conversations which didn't even take off we used to have this pipeline of 20 companies we had connections in and we said okay no we'll go and do a demo etc and probably like one or two would get back and you get through that one or two and this is all in like two three month process uh, and most of them would in the first meeting itself say hey this is a very important system for us what if you shut shop in a year you can't service us then i'll lose my face so let's not do this or you can never be sap's level of quality or security standards etc so you can't do this a lot of them went off in the first one or two conversations then if you take those two three which went on right and let's say three months of we sitting out of their office doing demos talking everything at the end of it the ceo comes in and says why do you want to take a risk with a young company and at every point of time manani there were enough reasons for us to believe what everybody else said was right like oh maybe what they said was right because okay this is an indian customer who is saying this or this is an enterprise customer who is saying this maybe what people said was right because it was not like an unknown everybody has warned us about it and you start associating it with oh this is what it is this is why they've said it should we relook at it should we think about something else but we were at it right like we we said okay from those 20 conversations we've learned to okay, how do we present ourselves better how do we look like a larger company? why don't we wear suits and go so that we look like older folks who know their stuff so there was something to take off from every meeting and what to say what not to say etc and we persisted the initial set of customers were the internet companies the swiggies and the deliveries of the world uh, or make my trips of the world who took a bet on us saying okay they have a great product and still it was not there right like people said oh you are an internet focused product when will you win the larger enterprises etc while we did win against the sap oracles and the internet companies nobody believed that and then once we started getting the initial enterprises and they started closing and that's where the momentum turned small pharma companies first then a large pharma company like a dr reddy's or an arobindo or a zaidas and then suddenly all pharma companies said oh maybe this is a good product and then we could hire folks who uh, are really good at enterprise sales we started replacing some of these large products in some companies to a point after the 3 years of building credibility building this thing today we are called to those demos right versus the first few years was always knocking on doors using one reference or another there were so many situations where i asked my mckinsey partners to put in a word saying rohit is a good guy 
he will not run away he will not shut the shop i think he he i mean he has the ability to build a good product right like i had to make people say that to companies so that they trust us and we were trying all of this right this is not just one right every deal we used to try everything that we had at hand to see what might stick so there were so many such situations where we could have said hey what everybody else was saying uh, was right and pivot saying okay maybe enterprise saas is not for us it is for those large companies or asia saas is not for us why don't we just sell in the us and interestingly enough jant is a lot into sports as well himself it's a combination that worked well for us where we were like it's a day we lost but the journey is long rohit between solo sports like tennis and team sports like football do you learn different things what is it like to play solo sports like tennis where you are the only guy at the helm so win is yours loss is yours i think both have their advantages malani as you said i think accountability is 100% on you when it comes to uh, individual sports great teams can translate that accountability to everybody in a team sport it's everybody's loss versus everybody gain whatever that individual brilliance was is something that you learn very differently in a team sport i did play team sports i did play cricket and football in school i didn't play it at a professional level but that has its own set of learnings a lot of times there is ego there is a lot of times there is coordination there is a lot of times where like a loss is attributed to someone but a win is attributed to someone taking credit etc right there is so much that is happening on a day to day basis overlaid with all the other things that i spoke about right winning and losing on a daily basis bringing the best team together who are the people who are natural leaders in a game versus who are the people who try to force their leadership so a lot of these styles and and i used to see that right if i reflect back about the sports we played a lot of times this whole team building activities that we do in offices in workplaces etc or how teams come together is very similar to what happens on the field you take a football ground there is offense or the attackers there are the midfield and the defenders if everybody don't play their role well and everybody wants to be in the limelight to be the one who's scoring the goal there is never a good story right like a great team will not be built on only the attacker similarly in cricket as well there are situations where somebody has to do wicket keeping which is not the fanciest of things or the sexiest of thing that you believe in but that's the way to get into the team or the best place for you to play in the team so that the team can win so a lot of these personal interpersonal situations come up day in and day out again which makes you very very comfortable with those situations when you come to a workplace and this is beyond just a startup right i think playing team sports will just make you a lot more comfortable to work in teams and and i'd seen this in college as well which was very different from people who played versus who didn't to take a b school uh, marani most of the work is team projects and if you see the folks who played sport they are a lot more natural in terms of how they want to contribute to that project and what their boundaries are etc versus somebody who's never played a team sport etc you will see them trying to be comfortable but not comfortable initially because academics was very it's a very solo sport right like academics always is you study and you deliver it's not a situation where exam is written by a group of people automatically you get to the other extreme of saying okay either you get to a position where i want to control everything as an outcome or you give up completely saying this is not what i like it so i it's not in my control so i can't do this but you you'd see a more balanced approach from folks who played sports one last question rohit i'm going to ask you and i know you touched upon it but i think it's a question that all of us grapple with you know ahead of a crisis or ahead of a big decision or something massive that's happening in our life you know how do you maintain your mental calmness uh, equanimity right steel yourself for that even what you spoke about like two days ahead you can either lose your sleep keep playing that game mentally or you can handle it the best way you can what have you learned about how to prepare 
prepare yourself mentally ahead of a big day or a big game or a big order or a very crucial sort of event in your career or in your life. All of us lose sleep, right? Is there something that you've learned? I think two things that have worked well for me, Manli, I don't know if you can learn from it or not, but one, intentionally or unintentionally, I have a view of what is the worst outcome that can happen. Whether it's a six love loss or losing that deal, I do come to terms with it. Just mentally, right? Like saying, okay, if this happens, this is how I'll feel. But I've already experienced that is the worst outcome and anything from that point is better. That's one way I deal with it. The other thing I do is I try to detach myself from the outcome because one of the things that has been big learning for me, Malni, is, and this again from sports majorly, is this is not the end of the world. There's so many situations where I felt this defines who I am, right? I'm a loser or I'm I'm not a good player, etc. Versus this is one event in the journey, whether it's life or it's, it's a journey of a company or in my sporting career. So I think detaching from the saying, this is not me, this is an event versus this is me. I think those two things have helped uh, majorly. One is like visualizing what is the worst case scenario and two, just detaching a little bit and saying, this is an event versus this is me. And once you say this is me, then you're even more worried. Uh, and ego, I think, is the biggest problem to deal with versus you're dealing with an event and event has outcomes and event, the outcome can be either way. This is fantastic, Rohit. It was so lovely to speak to you and understand your journey in the sports world and how you have used that learning in the entrepreneurial sort of world that you are in. Thank you so much, Rohit. Thank you so much, Malni, for taking me back to my tennis days. Yeah, I just love that. Thank you. You were listening to After Hours with India Inc. by Malini Goyal. Mixed and edited by Shashwat Kumar. To get more insights into contemporary business and corporate culture, do subscribe to us. After Hours with India Inc. is available on Spotify, Ghana, Apple Music, and various other streaming platforms. To get regular updates about this podcast, follow the Twitter handle at Goyal Malini. For any feedback, email us at toiplus.podcast at timesinternet.in.